E-Tidings Cosmos. Good morning, 21st Century World of Worlds. This is Radio Richard Island, coming to you from within the soundproofless studio of life itself. Thormila Falcher Rotenscha. Hear this, listener, give it here your fullness of ear. From the beginning there is breath, and upon that breath there are words. In a vision of the morn, saw a shiny new bicycle lodged high up in a winter's tree, and I wondered how there it got to be. On a sign underneath, two words that appear, one in Gaelic, Creuk, one in English, End. Just then a robin flew in, and upon the handlebars did alight, and sung away to my great delight. Saw writing on the side of an ice cream van. Make every day a summer's day. And that I thought to be way out of touch, for you see, I know well there to be, oh, so many the beautiful a day in autumn, in winter, and in spring. Yet how can this be expressed? For if we say, Make every day an autumn's day, make every day a winter's day, or make every day a spring's day, we have to some extent lost the beauty of those seasons in the very transformation of words in phrases. In today's broadcast, I'll be reading some more from Prince Hamlet on the nature of things and the true classic of Southern Namas fragrance. A reading from Prince Hamlet. Hail to your lordship. I am glad to see you well, Horatio, or do I forget myself? The same, my lord, and your poor servant ever. Sir, my good friend, I'll change that name with you. And what make you from Wittenberg, Horatio, Marcellus? My good lord, I am very glad to see you. Good even, sir. But what in fate make you from Wittenberg? A traunt disposition, good my lord. I would not hear your enemies say so, nor shall you do my ear that violence to make a truster of your own report against yourself. I know you are no traunt. But what is your affair in Elsinore? We teach you to drink deep ere you depart. My lord, I came to see your father's funeral. I pray thee, do not mock me, fellow student. I think it was to see my mother's wedding. Indeed, my lord, it followed hard upon. Thrift, thrift, Horatio. The funeral baked meats did coldly furnish, furnish forth the marriage tables. Would I had met my dearest foe in heaven, or ever had I seen that day, Horatio? My father. Methinks I see my father. Where, my lord? In my mind's eye, Horatio. I saw him once. He was a goodly king. He was a man, take him for all in all. I shall not look upon his like again. My lord, um, I think I saw him yesternight. So, so who? 
"'My lord, the king your father.' "'The king my father?' "'Seizing your admiration for a while, wit and attend here, "'till I make deliver upon the witness of these gentlemen this marvel to you. "'For God's love let me hear.' Two nights together had these gentlemen, Marcellus and Bernardo, "'on their watch in the dead vast and middle of the night, "'been thus encountered. A figure like your father, armed at point exactly, cap a pay, appears before them, and with solemn march goes slow and stately by them. Thrice he walked by their oppressed and fear-surprised eyes, within his truncheons lent, whilst they, distilled almost a jelly with the act of fear, stand dumb and speak not to him. This to me in dreadful secrecy apart they did, and I with them in the third night kept the watch whereas they had delivered boat and time form of the thing each word made true and good the apparition comes i knew your father these hands are not more like but where was this my lord upon the platform where we watched did you not speak to it my lord i did but answer made it none. Yet once methought it lifted up its head, and did address itself to motion, like as it would speak. But even then the morning cock crew loud, and at the sound it shrunk in haste away, and vanished from our sight. "'Tis very strange. As I do live, my honoured lord, tis true, and we did think it right down in our duty to let you know of it. Indeed, indeed, sirs, but this troubles me. Hold you the watch to-night? We do, my lord. Armed, say you? Armed, my lord. From top to toe? My lord, from head to foot. Then saw you not his face? Oh, yes, my lord, he wore his beaver up. What, looked he frowningly? A countenance more in sorrow than in anger. Pale or red? Nay, very pale. And fixed his eyes upon you? Most constantly. I would have been there. It would have much amazed you. Very like, very like. Uh, stayed it long? While one would moderate haste might tell a hundred. Longer, longer. Not when I saw it. His beard was grizzled, no? It was as I have seen it in his life. A sable silvered. I will watch tonight. Perchance it will walk again. I warrant it will. If it assume my noble father's person, I'll speak to it, though hell itself should gape and bid me hold my peace. I pray you all, if you have hitherto concealed this sight, let it be tenable in your silence still, and whatsoever else shall hap to-night, give it an understanding, but no tongue. I will requite your loves. So fare you well, upon the platform, twixt eleven and twelve, I'll visit you. Our duty to your honour. Your loves as mine to you. Farewell. My father's spirit in arms. All is not well. I doubt some foul play. Would the night were come? Till then sit still, my soul. Foul deeds will rise, though all the earth o'erwhelm them to men's eyes. A reading and continuity 
from the first century B.C. poem on the nature of things by the Roman poet and philosopher Titus Lucretius Carus. First, since we know a twofold nature exists of things both twain and utterly unlike, body and place in which things go on, then each must be both for and through itself and all unmixed, wherever be empty space. There bodies not, and so where body bides, there not at all exist the void innate. Thus primal bodies are solid, without a void. But since there is void in all begotten things, all solid matter must be round the same. Nor by true reason canst thou prove aught hides and holds a void within its body, unless thou grant what holds it be a solid. Know that which can hold a solid of things within can be naught else than matter in union knit. Thus matter, consisting of a solid frame, had power to be eternal, though all else, though all creation be dissolved away. Again, were naught of empty and inane, the world were then a solid, as without, some certain bodies to fill the places held, the world, that is, were but a vacant void. And so, infallibly, alternate-wise, body and void are still distinguished, since nature knows no fully whole nor void. There are, then, certain bodies possessed of power to vary forever the empty and the full. And these can nor be sundered from without by beats and blows, nor from within be torn by penetration, nor by be overthrown by any assault so ever through the world. For without void naught can be crushed, it seems, nor broken, nor served by a cut in twain, nor can it take the damp, or seeping cold, or piercing fire, those old destroyers three. But the more void within a thing, the more entirely it totters at their sure assault. Thus, if first bodies be, as I have taught, solid, without a void, they must be then eternal. And if matter ne'er had been eternal, long ere now had all things gone back into nothing utterly. And all we see around from nothing had been born. But since I thought above that naught can be from naught created, nor the once begotten to naught be summoned back, these primal germs must have an immortality of frame. And into these must each thing be resolved, when comes its supreme hour, that thus there be at hand the stuff for plenishing the world. An interpretation after my own fashioning of some lines from the true classic of Southern Taoist fragrance. Nor three star visitor spoke to me, saying, Humaculative era, what stories, what anecdotes, what insights do you bring to this new dawn? There is nothing that isn't a multiplicity. Nothing that can't be looked at from multiple points of view. Yet I have spoken to humans who say, Things are only singular, and as such, can only be looked at from two points of view, that is, from a that and a this. If, they say, they look at anything from a this point of view, 
the that point of view can't see it. And neither can the that point of view see it from the this point of view. We only know a thing from our own point of view, they say. For a this view comes from a that view, a that view comes from a this view. Now there is life, now there is death, they say, and they leave it at that, thinking they are speaking of two singularities, while in truth two multiplicities are being spoken of, though they appear to be singularities. In a similar thought, do they say, night and day are two singularities. Without them realizing, they are two multiplicities, or even two aspects of one multiplicity. They say the same holds true when it comes to speaking of the sky and the land, and of the earth and the starry heavens. I said to them, why not look at all things in the light of multiplicity for the purpose of thinking and speaking cosmically? And they have answered with a certitude and a firmness. Listen, we are completely happy with knowing only from our own point of view. For to us at this has always and will always come from a that, and a that has always and will always come from a this. Without we holding to a this and a that, we have no way of defining ourselves. And I replied, that is but terrestrial thinking, not cosmic thinking. And they said, it would be best then for me, if I went and lived in the valleys and hills, and there to sip the dawn dew, and to commune alone, with the mists and the hazes. In a dawn reverie of this new day, meditated I on what an immortal self of mine did say, did lovingly relay, way back in days of long, long, long gone by. O mortal self of mine, when with living in your own realm and time, you will be a refuge and a high tower for yourself, a refuge and a stronghold in times of trouble. All right, I will leave it at that for today. Enjoy taking very good care of yourself and those around you. Be ever so grateful for your many blessings. And spare a thought, too, for peoples living in faraway places, in all different kinds of situations, often very difficult, and not at all of their own making. You have been listening to Radio Richard Ireland, on the air globally for about 15 minutes, Monday to Friday, and occasionally on the weekends. A transcript of today's broadcast will be forthcoming. It is truly an honor to have you listening. May you be a blessing unto yourself by way of your past, by way of your present, and by way of your future. Slán agus Banacht Lát. <laughs>